Welcome to the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, your go-to resource for navigating the world of entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we discuss the vital topic of time management, an essential skill that often determines the success and sustainability of entrepreneurial ventures. As entrepreneurs, mastering the art of time management isn't just about juggling tasks. It's about strategically allocating one of your most precious resources, time, to transform your ideas into impactful, thriving businesses. The Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast is your ultimate launchpad for igniting ideas and skyrocketing your entrepreneurial dreams. Tune in, buckle up, and let's unleash the entrepreneurial spirit within. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Budden. Hello, Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm doing brilliantly as always. What about you? I'm doing very well. I understand you're in a different location today. Yeah, I'm in Wyoming for a couple of weeks here in an awesome cabin. I'm really looking forward to some relaxation and getting some good centered work done. Don't fall off any horses while you're there. Yeah, we'll try not to. <laughs> yeah, I found us the older I get, the less I'm able to bounce. Yeah, the ground all of a sudden gets harder, right? It sure does. That is a fact. <laughs> well, right. Today, we are going to talk about another very important aspect of entrepreneurship, and that's time management. Being able to deal with time management, it's an essential skill, and it really can determine the success or failure of a venture. Yeah, not only the success or failure of a venture, but really the individual. No matter what venture they get a part of, if they're not effectively managing their time, they're going to continuously stumble. This can overlap into corporate jobs, government jobs, NGOs, personal lives also. Exactly right. Basically, time management is the process of organizing, planning, and dividing your time over specific activities in task. Yep. I think that's pretty simple. And many people are so bad at it. We're all on a journey to get better at it, but some people are horrific. I mean, the constant procrastinator, anyone out there that identifies as a procrastinator will probably try and get a lot of value out of this. For effective time management, I think in terms of you have to be able to prioritize tasks, which we're about to do another podcast episode, but also setting clear goals, focusing on activities that drive your growth and success. It's not just about being busy, but it's about being efficient and productive. Right. Before we even get any deeper, I think acknowledging the fact that we only have a certain amount of hours during the day is why this is important. People will work longer hours to try and get more done. But there is a limit to that. There's an upper balance that we all participate in. Time is the great equalizer because we all have that same amount of time. Exactly. And you're right. There's a level of productivity when you hit a certain amount of hours per week. If you work one more hour, your actually productivity declines because you're just so fatigued, making bad decisions, et cetera. So it's not like you can work 24-7. There is a point. And I've found that as I get older, that point becomes less hours. When I was younger, I could work more hours efficiently. I need more sleep, in other words. Pew Research puts out a research paper every year on productivity and time management in that and how many hours people can work and still operate effectively. There's a lot of math being applied to that exact concept. There was a study done by an organization called the Alternative Board. Their survey determined 82% of entrepreneurs don't keep personal time management plans, but those that do are 20% more productive. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Which is a reason get better at it. I think another reason this is important is burnout is becoming a very trendy topic. 
burnout has probably been occurring for a long time in a similar manner, but there's a lot of attention being applied to it right now. There are many reasons why entrepreneurs struggle with time management. The risk of burnout is a component of that, but also you're wearing multiple hats is a problem. Like you can struggle with time management. You have unpredictable work schedules. The level of autonomy being so high sometimes causes problems with time management because people aren't used to that self-discipline. That's a huge one. The self-discipline of no one's really logging you in and logging you out. So you can theoretically do whatever you want and manage your own time. Many people that have told me the reason they want to start their own business is they don't want to have a boss. They said, I want to be my own boss so no one can tell me what to do. That is such a misconception. And my reply is always, you will have many bosses. They're called customers and sometimes investors, and they will tell you what to do for sure. And with customers, they will fire you in a split second without cause. Yeah, that's exactly right. Both of us have been in the game of entrepreneurship for long enough that we probably both, or at least I do, have an internal boss. So I know when I'm doing something that my internal boss wouldn't necessarily agree with. And I can rationalize myself around that. I do often if I desire to do something else. But the internal boss knows and is keeping track of when I'm sort of doing something I shouldn't be doing. Exactly. There are techniques to become better at time management. And I wanted to touch on some of those because I think that's why someone would be listening to this specific episode. Have you ever heard of the Eisenhower matrix? No, I have not. It's a really interesting technique. It's basically you create four quadrants. The first are things that are urgent and important, and those are the ones you do first. The second quadrant are those that are important but not urgent, and you schedule those. Then the third are urgent but not important, and you delegate those. And then the fourth is they're neither urgent nor important, and you just don't do those. You write them off the list. It's an interesting way to put quadrials on what do I do, when do I do it, and who should do it, or also then should it be done? I like that a lot, actually. I'm I'm surprised I'm not familiar with it. We should put a link to the Eisenhower quadrant in the bio of this. Definitely, I'll do that. Another one that I know you do, I don't know if you refer to this, is called time blocking. I do time blocking every day. I think it's a game changer for productivity. And you can also do that not just for your business activities, for your personal activities. I've been using that technique for years and years to set aside specific times to do specific areas and sometimes personal. For me, it's so important. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or people getting into entrepreneurship will quickly see this. You have a tendency to be drawn in a million different directions all at the same time when you're at the helm or part of a small organization. That is difficult to actually get work done effectively. If you're constantly switching between the email that just came in, the marketing that you're trying to push through, the analysis on the website traffic, all at the same time, you're really not doing any of them very well. I use time blocking for specific tasks that I take out of my notebook, essentially, and place them in so that I'm really hyper-focused on getting one thing done effectively and well to push it across the board. Yeah, I find that I'm doing that, especially if I'm doing something technical on the computer end, which you and I have been doing quite a bit in the last week. If I don't do that, it takes such deep thought to be involved with progressing the coding, et cetera. If I get distracted 
and have to turn my attention away. It's like I was going at a hundred miles an hour and I can't just jump back in at a hundred miles an hour. I have to start over again and ramp up. It's very, very difficult for me to go back and jump into specifically high intensity thought. And so time blocking is critical in those type of things for me. But Ryan, before we continue with today's topic, we're diving into the Janus Entrepreneurial Report. What makes this assessment so unique? Well, Professor Palin, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a game changer. It's not just another test. It's a comprehensive tool that evaluates your entrepreneurial leanings. It's like having a personal coach for your career. That's fascinating. How can someone benefit from using the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's a great question. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report helps individuals identify their tendencies in terms of entrepreneurship. It's not about getting a high score. It's about gaining valuable insights to enhance your entrepreneurial skills. So it's not just for seasoned entrepreneurs? Exactly. Whether you're starting your own business or aiming for a leadership role in your career, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report offers actionable insights for your personal and professional growth. Impressive. How can our listeners get started with the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's easy, Professor Balin. Just visit profspirit.com and take the assessment. It's a small investment and a potentially massive return. Well, there you have it. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a valuable tool for anyone looking to boost their entrepreneurial skills. It's a game changer, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. There's a link to access the Janus Entrepreneurial Report in this episode's description as well. Getting into the flow state is also huge for me. I spend a lot of time focusing on getting into that flow state because I really do believe in the effectiveness of it and how much more work I can progress in a period of time when I'm hyper-focused like that. And time blocking allows me to do that. Are there any other techniques that you're familiar with? So a big one for me is lists of things. And that may seem redundant, having to even say that on a podcast about time management. But the reason I bring it up is because in those time blocking scenarios, if something comes to mind that I need to get done, the way I dismiss it is take a note quickly, put it off, make sure I'm organized so I'm not forgetting that and never getting to it later down the road. And that allows me to stay on the activity that's going on. When I'm planning for the day, which I do every morning, I can refer to that list, call it a to-do list or, or whatever you'd like, and that allows me to create the time blocks for the day to actually look through and manage my time. And now you're going to convert your to-do list into an Eisenhower matrix. I love it. I need to think about that concept a little more. It's pretty cool. It's very interesting. A big problem I see with people with the to-do list, they think of it as a linear list. They write down the next to-do at the bottom, and then they start at the top and work their way down. And that's what we'll be getting into later about prioritization at the other episode. But that's what people mess up is they just work from top to bottom. And the most critical thing could be at the bottom. They don't get to it. Right. Not very good time management. To-do lists are good, but not in a linear format. There's a bunch of technology available to help you with time management today. I think an overwhelming amount. I've played with different ones. Some I use, some I'm an advocate for, and some I'm not. But to-do lists, there's things like Trello or Asana. I don't know if you've ever played with those. Yep. I do a lot of Trello with my consulting clients. That helps me to use the technology versus the old way of writing on a piece of paper. Yeah, there's even AI platforms being applied to it right now, like Motion being a big one that uses AI to create time blocks based on to-do lists. Another big one that I sometimes adhere to, sometimes don't, is the five-minute rule. If a task comes to mind that takes less than five minutes, don't bother writing it down, just do it. 
I'm a big proponent of that when I'm outside of designated time blocks. So I use 45 minute time blocks to designate to tasks. When I'm outside of those time blocks, if it's less than five minutes, I'll get it done right now. I agree with you. I do the same thing. If it's something that I can do immediately, very quickly, move it forward, I don't even bother putting on the to-do list. I just do it, get it out of the way. And that may seem intuitive for people listening to this, but I'll challenge you the next few days, actually think about that. If it comes to mind and it's less than five minutes, get it done now. And then at the end of the day, reflect on how many tasks you got completed. And I think you'll notice a, a difference. Absolutely. I've been doing that for years. I use Google Calendar quite a bit, and I find that very helpful with scheduling and management of time. What are your utilizations of calendar tools? Google and Apple Calendar, I mean, they integrate pretty seamlessly. Apple Calendar, simply because it's a native on my phone, so it's the easy one to add. For each one of the businesses I participate in, I also have an independent calendar. And then I merge all of those calendars on my personal calendar. So I can take a deep dive into which business I'm doing actions for, making sure that I'm not misprioritizing one business over another that needs more attention at the time. The calendar stacking is super easy to set up and really effective at time management. I do the same thing. And probably the biggest tool I use is Google Calendar. Not that I'm a big proponent of Google, but just the tool is so efficient and so effective for me. And I have it broken down to my university calendar, the work we're doing with Janice Assessment, and then my personal, and I do stack the and integrate and seamless. I use color-coded. Mine are color-coded as well. That's an intuitive feature that Google kind of does for you. With scheduling, both you and I use Calendly as a means of scheduling. I find that very effective. Yeah, you're a mind reader. I was about to bring that up. You know, I'm a huge proponent of Calendly. The typical email exchanges, three emails back and forth trying to get a time infuriates me now when people insist on going through that, where there are tools like Calendly. Calendly also has some competitors out there that make it very easy to align calendars. Now, when I have a number of people I'm trying to schedule a meeting with, which is typically from the university side, I use Doodle. I've used Doodle with you, and it does work really well. Those are just tools to make it more efficient from a time management perspective. Are there any other tools that you use that help with time management? One that sort of bridges the topic of prioritization and time management is my to-do lists. I break down in daily, weekly, and monthly. And that is what allows me to keep the big picture in mind when I'm looking at time management to see what I need to get done this month, this week, and actually today. I use that every single day, actually on a JIRA board, which is very similar to Trello, the tool you brought up earlier. And it allows me to push it across the board so I can have that with me on my phone, have it on my computer. No matter where I am, I can use that to manage my time effectively. Do you use any note-taking apps like an Evernote or a OneNote? Or are you using other platforms? I'm a big OneNote fan. All the note systems are very similar. I'm not advocating for OneNote over another one. But something that can travel the distance with you, whether it's your phone or your computer, to make this entrepreneurial lifestyle that we live effective. I use it to some degree more for brainstorming ideas. I actually use Google Calendar as a replacement, and I use the functionality of task. So everything's in front of me in one visual. Through the different businesses, I used to use the task and it got a little bit overwhelming. I needed to be able to segregate it a little more. So OneNote, I actually have notebooks for each business that then break down into sections so I can keep my thoughts organized. And in each section, there are the notes. 
So I, I like that layered approach that OneNote has taken to it. What I'm hearing from our conversation, we both have the same issue, which many entrepreneurs have, is we are involved with so many different activities. It's critical to organize them because otherwise your time just goes to hell. It does. And it's so easy to get tunnel vision. And maybe this is just me, but I believe I'm talking to a wider audience here to get tunnel vision on one activity, get to the end of the day, feel really productive and then think, oh crap, but I really should have been doing this. <laughs> and you can't redo it. There's no do-overs. I feel the same way. And it's juggling you know, so many balls in the air. You have to be very disciplined. And that's why I tend to use the tools that are available to help with my time management. But I'm very much focused on time management because there's so many things to do and time can be the entrepreneur's enemy. It can, it can. Any final concluding thoughts on time management? I find that I say this a lot at the end of our episodes when you ask me that question, but take it seriously. It seems like one of those tasks that of course time management is important. Everybody knows time management is important. And because of that, you can kind of dismiss it. So if you actually sit down and look at the tools available and pick the tools that are useful to you and then stick to a plan with it, it's pretty amazing the entrepreneurs I work with who take time management effectively, how much more effective they are. I would add in emphasizing delegation is very helpful with time management and something we haven't dealt with, we've alluded to is outsourcing. You don't have to do everything yourself, in other words. Right. My primary job is a consultant. I have an hourly rate. So it's very easy for me, or at least I've made it easy. If I can get paid more per hour to not do the task, I will give it to somebody else. If that task is worth more per hour than my hourly rate, I will do the task. I agree 100%. Because if you can bill out at X dollars and you're paying someone X minus 50% of that, go for it. Correct. And the opposite, if it's worth more than that per hour, do it yourself. It's not a complicated math formula. And for those that aren't consultants and don't have an hourly rate, create one. Think about what you want to make in a year or you do make in a year. Do the math backwards, get an hourly rate of what your time is worth or an estimation of it. And you can still use that above below principle to decide whether you're doing it or whether you should farm it out for somebody else to do. I agree. Overall, it sounds like a great game plan. Let's get entrepreneurial. Let's get entrepreneurial. As we wrap up another episode of the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, we extend our gratitude for your presence and attention. Your dedication to the entrepreneurial spirit fuels our passion for creating this podcast. Check out profspirit.com to discover resources and courses designed specifically for innovators like you. Stay on the cutting edge by following us on Spotify. Apple Podcast, YouTube, and other platforms as it is released. Until then, keep the entrepreneurial flame burning. <laughs>